Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. We've got another exciting week here on the on the radio on your on your 1450 the sports buzz wxvw uh, trevor and I, I i think thursday is the only show right now trevor that we're scheduled i think there's baseball on thursday but besides that should be a full week i'm looking forward to it trevor how was your weekend uh it was it was fun uh, i stayed inside avoided everything that was thunder uh, after about six o'clock i refused to go on the roads and then uh, Sunday, I did the same thing I did Saturday by refusing to leave the house because I wanted to watch nothing but NBA basketball and Daredevil on Netflix. That's exciting. Did you? Where do we stand on House of Cards? I'm ready to get going again. I finished Daredevil. Something about this season, TJ. I was talking to Yates about this over the weekend. I don't, it's something about this season hasn't grabbed me like the first two seasons did. I, it's not that I don't like this third season. It's it hasn't. The first two seasons, once I watched a episode, I couldn't put it down. I wanted to watch another one, and that's kind of like what Daredevil did to me in its first season. The third season, I don't. It just doesn't have the same feel as the first two. I don't know if it's because he's a he's president now. I don't. I don't. I can't put my finger on what it is, but it hasn't made me want to go. I can't wait to get home and watch another episode of you know fill in the blank show. Yeah. I it, it, the the third season certainly is a little slower, but I still thought it was really good, and I thought it got really good towards the back half of the season. Well, I've got four uh, left, so I, I think you'll really enjoy the last four. But go on and finish them. I will. I will finish. And, them. It's almost even too late, Trevor, in the in the even in the radio process for the people that are House of Cards fans and listen to our show to get maybe hopefully they're listening for the sports talk. But if they do enjoy some of the TV and movie talk and this and that. Uh, even if they do care about that stuff, House of Cards is almost ancient news for them. Well, the new season still is, a, is still more almost a year away. That's yeah. that's the withdrawal I went through on Sunday a little bit. I went through what is it's a Netflix withdrawal. It's 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 similar to a withdrawal that some addicts get with certain some uh, substances. But it was it it's that when you binged on something for four or five days straight. And you get that feeling like, I don't have anything else to go back to now. Now it's out. It's gone. The bag is empty. The Netflix shows are done. I have to wait a whole year now at best maybe, and they haven't even announced the second season for Daredevil yet. It's a withdrawal feeling you don't like to have. Uh, I, I know. I know what you mean. And Game of Thrones, those episodes have leaked online. I'm not going to watch those, though, just because my Sunday nights are too important to me. An exciting episode of Game of Thrones last night. You're not a big Game of Thrones guy. If Yates was still on the board, we'd have a nice 15, 20-minute conversation to start, but that's okay. I watched a few minutes of it last night as I turned off uh, something. It was on. It happened to be on HBO, and it, I saw about f- maybe five minutes of it. The blonde chick looked like she was about to be uh, – she was talking to a bunch of people that were cheering her name. Yep, that's – yeah, yeah, yep. That's, I don't know what happened. her name still is, but she was cute. Yeah, she's a fan favorite, Daenerys. Everybody loves her. Uh, but okay, we'll, we'll 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 skip the Game of Thrones talk as much as it pains me to do. It was a very interesting weekend for UK basketball recruiting, 
and not particularly a good one. Uh, Steven Zimmerman committed to UNLV. Uh, there were points of this Steven Zimmerman's recruitment where it seemed very clear that Kentucky was the leader. And I know for a fact there were some points where Kentucky actually was the leader. And it kind of went back and forth, but eventually it ended up coming down, Trevor, to the old heart versus head sort of dilemma. Uh, his brain, it was, okay, this is Kentucky. Look at the people they send into the pros. Look at the success John Calipari has with big guys, also with guards, but also with big guys. I, I go there, I'm playing on the, the biggest stage. Steven Zimmerman called John Calipari last May and asked if he could visit for Big Blue Madness. His head was likely telling him, Kentucky's the place I need to go as a business decision. That's the best thing I can do. Now, his heart has always been and obviously will stay in Las Vegas. There was one point this season, Steven Zimmerman had over 100 UNLV fans come to one of his game and make a UNLV support, support section. Everybody wearing UNLV stuff, doing UNLV chants during his game. And whether that's weird or smart, we could save it for another show. Uh, he's very family-oriented. Obviously, his entire family lives in Las Vegas. He's got younger siblings. They're all there. Very close with his mom. They're in Las Vegas. And he probably goes along the theory that if you're a pro, you're a pro. They'll find you anywhere. Look at, look at Bennett at UNLV, although you could say look at Bennett and the pros and how that worked out. But ultimately, his heart won out, as it so often will do with an 18-year-old kid, and Kentucky misses out on Zimmerman. You know, V now has a nice little team next year. Well, it would have been would have been good for them if they could have kept Rashad Vaughn. And if they keep Christian Wood still. I haven't noticed. Did he announce yet or not? Have I looked? Have I missed that? If you if you missed it, then we both missed it because okay. I haven't seen it either. But if, if Rashad Vaughn would have stayed, that would have been huge for UNLV. They would have been probably a top 15, maybe 10 team. You still bring in the, the, the wingman, is it Jones, I believe? Uh, Derek Jones. Derek Jones. Who, and I, if you can bring back Christian Wood to go along with Zimmer, and you've got three nice pieces right there in UNLV. And Derek Jones isn't a guy that's going to be ready to take over in year one or do anything phenomenal in year one. He's an interesting player. He, he, he kind of maybe fibbed a little bit, or, or maybe somebody close to him. It might have not been him. They might have they kind of fibbed about UK's interest in him. He always claimed a UK offer, and I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure if he actually had one. Uh, but he, I, I watched him a lot because my job is to follow the guys that UK's talking to, or the guys that say they're talking to UK. And they they did have some back and forth. I just don't think UK ever officially offered. So I, I did watch Derek Jones play quite a few times. Uh, really long and athletic. He reminds me of a guy that would be really good at. It kind of reminds me of Troy Williams a little bit at IU. Really good dunker. Uh, it keeps pretty much any rebound alive because he can just get a finger on it and tip it up in the air, and then whatever happens, happens after that. Uh, just offensively for a shooting guard, if he plays shooting guard for you, even if you play move him over to the three a little further down the wing, he just doesn't really have much of a jump shot right now, and that's something that maybe he can learn. But uh, it's, it's fun to kind of go down memory lane with old Derek Jones. He said he was picking between, and this is going to lead me to my next point, said he was picking between Kentucky, UNLV, UConn. Kentucky was never really in the picture, uh, and, and that's exactly what uh, Dazon Ingram did this weekend. 
or maybe it was Friday, but he picked between Kentucky and Alabama, Trevor, and he didn't have a Kentucky offer. Is it like, what, what was that kid a few years ago that that, that had the uh, press conference with the hats, and it turns out none of the schools had even recruited him, and he picked Cal yeah. or something? I think I, I remember that, and that I that ended up being kind of like a sad story where he actually thought that like he had offers from all those places, right? I can't remember if he 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 was, he was duped or if he was just trying Trolling to everybody. Yeah, just trying to yeah be, be in the spotlight for something he hadn't hadn't earned in any way. I, I thought it was. I thought he actually had like talked with those coaches and thought that he that meant he could go to those schools, but it might have just been you know in passing, or those coaches could have been at his school recruiting another player, or maybe there were some general small interest for maybe a preferred walk on spot or something along those lines. But maybe you could be right; it also could have just been him trolling everybody else. Uh, but anyway, so this Ingram fella, he, he's he's actually a good player. He's from Alabama, won Mister Basketball in Alabama. Uh, had committed to Alabama. He's the guy that said that Anthony Grant didn't seem to have much of a personality, Trevor, that we talked about yep. last week. So he's a he's a he's a good player. And Kentucky actually reached out to him just to kind of see where his head was, how long it was going to be before he decided to make a decision, this and that, just get kind of a general feel. Uh, but but that was all it amounted to. There there nothing ever came from it after that. There was no offer. Uh, there was I, I can a hundred I say with a hundred percent that there was no offer. A lot of people and and fans will say when a recruit doesn't pick their school that the school didn't really want that player. Usually that's just a lie and people are bitter. But I can I can say with one hundred percent certainty that Kentucky never offered Ingram. And then he even went as far, Trevor, as doing the old hat trick where he had a UK hat and an Alabama hat on the table, and then he quickly picked up the UK hat and acted like he was going to put it on and then put it down and and picked up the Alabama hat. Alabama's not exactly – if this was Alabama football, I could see you trying to use another school to make the team you initially want to go to jealous and want you more. But it's Alabama basketball. I would think they would be the ones trying oh. to do the devious acts to get anybody to come there. No disrespect to Avery Johnson. I'm sure you're going to be a great coach. No, this is, this, this is Alabama basketball to a T. They're doing this because, oh, the headlines will say, star prize recruit picks Alabama over Kentucky. Well, they did this for a – this was – I'm sure Avery Johnson probably had him on the phone saying, yeah, put that Kentucky hat up there. Why don't you make a little press conference about it? This was, this was their doing without a doubt to show that Alabama can recruit with the big dogs. But it's a Mr. Basketball from their own state who had already initially agreed to go there and just happened to back out. It wasn't like – Alabama was going to head to head for a Stephen Zimmerman like UNLV did with Kentucky. You're you're correct, and we know that. But maybe the average fan in Alabama who's debating whether he wants to spend forty bucks on season tickets, and then he sees that headline and says, "Oh, buddy, we got Avery Johnson now. Maybe we maybe we we punch in on those tickets." Or the average kid maybe in Iowa who's a decent recruit looking through the headlines of online and just sees that headline, not knowing the difference. Exactly. It's good for headlines, and that's why they did it. Although it's just a bold faced lie. So I think next time UK gets a, a preferred walk-on for UK football, he has a ceremony where he has an Alabama hat and a UK hat, and he ends up picking Kentucky just as a return. Although Kentucky has beaten Alabama football for some actual recruits. Alabama, so Alabama I'll tell you, they weren't really recruiting those guys, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were certainly recruiting Matt Elam. And then obviously they recruited Damian Harris and, and Kentucky felt that they were going to get him. Uh, but it's funny. There, there, there seems there's been a lot of connections between Alabama and, and Kentucky now. And, and now we get one over with basketball. Uh, interesting. And so that was that was number two on the recruiting news from this weekend. Number three, Mike Thorne Jr., Trevor, commits to Illinois. He's the he's the grad transfer, not the JUCO. He's the grad transfer big guy. Out of Charlotte, right? Out of Charlotte, correct. That was down to Pittsburgh. He had already visited Pittsburgh, Illinois, Kentucky, and Kansas. So this weekend he was going to visit Illinois, and then I think during the week visit Kansas, and the next weekend visit UK. Well, he's not taking his Kansas and Kentucky visits because he committed to Illinois, which is very surprising. Don't underestimate John Gross. He can be very uh, persuasive. <laughs> what makes you say that, Trevor? I don't know. I just I actually like Gross as a coach. I think he's underachieved a little bit at Illinois, but I, I did like him coming out of Ohio. And he's a Thad Mata product, so you know I, I always have kind of a man crush on the way Thad Mata coaches. It's... It, it really is kind of puzzling to me. And I had some people tweet me when I said this and on the message board say that what what was so what was so hard to understand about that? It's a Big Ten school that has a bunch of playing time. He can start right away. One, it's not a guarantee he wouldn't have started at Kentucky. Probably would have been unlikely, but we don't know that. Maybe, you know, maybe he just has a lot of talent that hasn't been tapped yet. And it 6'11", 270 pounds, that's a big boy. And he's pretty athletic. He's a good player. So it's not a guarantee he would not have started at Kentucky. And there's a decent chance he could have started at Kansas. And that's Kentucky and Kansas, which right now Kansas has one commit. It's crazy what's going on with UK and Kansas losing out on these guys. But So there, there was playing time there. So, okay, uh, maybe Illinois he gets a little more playing time. But – Gross has sent zero players to the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. How long has he been? At, he hasn't been in Illinois for more than what? Three, this is his third season, I think. Fourth season. He's yeah, yeah, but but still. And his best product at Ohio was probably DJ Cooper, the uh, the kid that kind of came out of nowhere, the freshman who replaced the kid I actually coached in little league, Stephen Coleman, who was the uh, on Mac All Freshman Team. And then, got, and then got injured, and Cooper took his spot. Cooper never turned around, and Coleman actually dropped out of school. That's already he was trying to be a rapper in Florida, but that's nowhere near there. <laughs> well, we can we can have another segment on on looking into that. <laughs> yeah, somewhere down, somewhere down the road. So okay, so the next thing, and this is what Thorne told me: he wanted playing time, and he wanted a chance to make it to the NBA and have a deep tournament run because he obviously never really had either of those opportunities presented to him at Charlotte. You know, I don't know how good Illinois is going to be next year. I, I I don't think it's going to be great. I could be wrong, but it it just didn't seem like either two either one of those things. And if he's good enough and and has a, a great year at Illinois, then sure he'll, he can make it to the NBA. He could have but done that in Charlotte and make it to the NBA though. That's true. A deep tournament run at Illinois though seems unlikely. They went nineteen and fourteen last year. Lost in the NIT. I think the NIT first round. Yeah. They heavily so, underachieved last year. Yeah. So it, it'll probably be another similar year. And I, I like growth. I, I think he can do a good job there. It's just, I, I needless to say, and it's not sour grapes, he decided to go to Illinois. I wish him the best. He was 
basically what I like out of players and recruits is how accessible they are to me and how easy they make my coverage. Uh, and by all means, by that point, he was really, really good and easy to talk to. He texted back, called back, all that good stuff. So I wish him the best and, and hope he has a successful career. I just was surprised by the decision. And when people were trying to tell me that I shouldn't have been, you're crazy. It's Kentucky and Kansas. And not only are you committing to Illinois, I understand that, but something they did, something Illinois did, Trevor, was good enough where you aren't even going to give Kentucky or Kansas a chance chance to hear their pitch. Are you trying to imply something about the way John Gross runs his program and the way that <laughs> they run the fighting Illini there in Illinois? Are, are you trying to, to suggest something there, Mr. Walker? I mean... I- I'm not suggesting. Are you saying his dad will? He's got a brand new John Deere uh, mower now at home. He's got a duffel bag right there. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But what you know, if you were playing devil's advocate, Trevor, I do that well. The the only thing you could say is that well, he fell in love with Illinois. He fell in love with Central Illinois and and the weather there and the people and and, and this is no disrespect to Champagne uh, because. I have met people from Champaign. I've been to Champaign, Illinois. I have too. Uh, it's a nice little college town, but man, that's about it. The facilities aren't the easiest on the eyes. <laughs> well, uh, to play devil's advocate, if, if the three criteria you gave me were his criteria for choosing a college, Illinois does can match two of the three. Now, I agree with you; it does. It can't probably match what Kansas, Kentucky can offer in terms of quote deep tournament runs. But I'm sure Illinois, even though they have a nice little front line coming back next year. They lost some recruits in the in the in the perimeter to, for transfer and graduation reasons, but they, they he can get plenty plenty of playing time in Illinois. And like we both agreed, whether it be Charlotte, Illinois, or Pacific, I mean, you play well enough, especially as a big man going. You can get yourself into the NBA at a better position. That's irrelevant of really the location he's at, unless he's just trying to kind of half half asset with half playing time and be in a Kansas or Kentucky and hope that that name school. Brings him up a few drops into the draft, which I don't. Well, think. it does. It does. It might. It, it, it could, but it does. It so I I won't agree with you that Illinois can match Kentucky and Kansas in terms of NBA, but I understand your point where if he's an NBA player, the NBA will find him and he'll have yes. an NBA type player season. So that's I, we'll give you a half for that. So there's one and a half out of three of his criteria where it seems that it was possible for him to commit to Illinois on the spot. I just don't get how he doesn't follow through with his Kansas and Kentucky visits. I don't know what they could have said to him, what they could have sold him on. And obviously they sold him on. They didn't tell him this, but they were probably scared out of their pants that if he visited Kansas or Kentucky, he wasn't going to go to Illinois. And really no school in the past few years has missed out on big recruits. And I don't know if you can call Mike Thorne a big recruit, than Illinois. They've been on the wrong side of recruiting for a very long time up there and, and finally gets a victory with Mike Thorne. Uh, but I, I would love to know what they could have said to him. And here was my initial reaction, and then we need to go to break, Trevor. But what I thought happened was they probably sat him down after touring the campus. He was probably there Friday night. He went out with the team, party, did this, did that. Saturday, uh, they probably toured him the facilities again, maybe worked him out or did something like that. And they probably sat him down and, and, and uh, with all the coaches, just them. They closed the door, real business-like approach. I pictured the Godfather to... scene where they all walk into the room and they shut the door behind them. Similar. Okay. And they probably asked him what they thought. I'm sure Mike Thorne he seemed like a very nice guy, so I'm sure he's, he was very complimentary of everything. 
And they probably asked him, "Do you could you see yourself playing here?" And he probably realistically and understandably said, "Yeah, this seems like a place I could end up." And then I bet they did. They made him. They they pressured him into a commitment one way or the other. And what they did then, maybe they said, "Are you ready to commit to us?" Maybe it was that simple. Maybe they said, uh, "Are you, you feel like you could, do you feel like you could pull the trigger now?" Maybe he said yes, and maybe they took that as a commitment. Because it happened, everything happened really fast. And then, sure enough, I'm, some of the assistant coaches, I'm sure, called some reporters, friends of theirs, called this guy, called that guy, and said, we got him. And then when it was all over Twitter, and Mike Thorne was receiving a 1,000 text messages saying that, hey, did you commit? Did you commit? What do you think? He's going to say no while he's still on campus there? How much negative did you think John Gross could have used, though? I mean, if, you, if you're talking to him and you're talking to Mike Thorne, you're saying, you look at him and go, listen, young man. I know Kentucky and Kansas like you, but you're a backup plan to these guys. Kentucky wants guys like Zimmerman. They want, you know, well, Zimmerman uh, had already committed. True, good point. But they, I'm and you, you know, other names more than I do. I'm sure there's other names that UK has looked at as big men, and I'm sure you'll tell us Not about really it later, guys. But I'm sure he's used that. He, he's told this, or you know, they're looking at this guy, this kid, this kid. Kansas is looking at this kid. You're a backup plan. You come here, you're one year. You're the guy. You're, we're not going to make you a backup plan or say we're going to use you as a rotation if with other guys or give you more minutes if these guys don't come. We're not going after those guys. We're going after you and you only, Mr. Thorne, and that's why you need to come here to Illinois. Sure, and that's a solid sell. And then, But they were able to do something <laughs> to make sure that Thorne never heard Kentucky or Kansas's rebuttal. You think they popped the tires, canceled the plane flight? <laughs> exactly. And I don't know how you do that with a guy that it was so determined that, hey, I've got one year and I cannot waste it, which really all grad transfers should feel that way. But you have one year. It's got to be the perfect fit. And you're not even going to take your last two visits to make sure you're comfortable? It's crazy to me. We need to add commercial break. We'll talk a little bit more about this. We're going to talk NBA playoffs, too. When we get back, we need to finish our who's left for UK basketball recruiting. So it's going to be a jam-packed show today. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Until I got high. I was going to get up and find the broom. But then I got high. My room is still messed up. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. God, Friday when I went home, I really wanted an egg salad sandwich, and I was just obsessing about it, and I was like, man, I'm going to make one of those. So, so Saturday I went out and I got like a dozen eggs, and I boiled them all, and then I just, I, I spent, I don't know, probably three hours, like three and a half hours making you know, the, the mayonnaise and the onions and the paprika and, you know, all the accoutrement. And then by the time I was done, I just really didn't feel like eating it. Can imagine. And I didn't have any bread. Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. You got your ball, you got your chain tied I saw what you did there, Trevor, going out of the break. Or going into the parade, crap. Did, did you notice something? Uh, you, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but every day there's a connection to every song I usually go out to. There's always some kind of connection in today's connection. If you haven't realized what it is after the first song, which pretty much smacked you in the face with what it might be, uh, the second one maybe might clue you in. It's 420. 
So that was the connection, right, Trevor? That is correct. Well, actually, it's 433 now, but the date is 420. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that at 420 on 420 is when people really love to enjoy themselves. Really love to give it a go, don't they? Give it a good Ricky Williams try. Yeah, I, I was. Do their Justin Blackman impersonations. Wear, uh, wear their Josh Gordon jerseys. I'm sorry, I'm done. It, it, there's on Snapchat, Trevor, which I, I'm sure you're probably not too familiar with. Never been on it. It's uh, yeah, I've talked about it. I'm not a big fan of it, but I do use it, unfortunately. I hate to admit. Uh, but lately they actually have been doing this cool thing where they will uh, they, they do events. So let's say a big event. Let's say, for example, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, any snaps in that area will be streamed to uh, a Kentucky Derby Snapchat. And what Snapchat is, I feel like I'm explaining this to like a – 65-year-old. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like when Oscar tried to explain the surplus to Michael. Yeah. <laughs> explain it to me like I'm six. Yes. Then he explains it. Okay, explain it to me like I'm four. four yeah. Uh, um, so what it is is you just you take pictures of things or you take videos of things and you send them to your friends or you can put them up on your profile and they'll either be there for – if you put it on your profile, it'll be there. It's called My Story. It'll be there for 24 hours. If you just send it to a friend, they can watch it up for 10 seconds or look at the picture for up for 10 seconds. And then it disappears, never to be seen again. Uh, it's probably very popular uh, with promiscuous high schoolers, Trevor. Uh, so what they've been doing lately is they'll be doing these events. And if you're in the location of the event, because it asks for your location, uh, they can post your pictures of the event to that set event and it'll be on one big page where you can watch it it'll be like five minutes long uh and it's actually kind of cool because it makes you feel like you're at an event that you're not really at right now they've got the boston marathon one and they've been going to all these random cities around the country and just doing like a day in the life in that city but i really think after explaining all this this is just so not worth it (laughs) i'm I'm trying to figure out where it is worth it if this is the same speech john gross gave to michael thorne he would have gone to kentucky i agree (laughs) so after all this i think they really missed an opportunity not doing a 420 snapchat story most more than likely most people celebrating 420 don't want to put it on the internet i mean i guess they could i mean it'd be kind of unless you live in denver or washington maybe don't matter but I didn't seem too bright to maybe put pictures of yourself with illegal activities on the internet when you're in a state that doesn't uh, allow it. Well, no, but people are really stupid, though. No, that will give you uh, that. I mean, a lot of people are really stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I guarantee, oh, man, I guarantee there a ton of people would love to post their oh, yeah. getting high pictures and, and this and that. Uh, it, Rob Blackhawk says, are you all discussing the devil's lettuce? Yes, <laughs> The only lettuce I eat, Rob. Uh, it is it is trending on Twitter. Happy four twenty is is a trend on Twitter, right below White House. Oh, okay. And above Tim Tebow, by the way. I wonder if they're celebrating at the White House. Uh, if it was if it was the Dallas Cowboys, it'd be a different kind of White House. I do love the fact that it's right below the White House and above Tim Tebow, though. I couldn't make things like that up. Speaking of the White House, did you hear about that guy that was riding that helicopter device sort of thing? No, I missed that. What's uh, I don't start following on sports items till the NBA playoffs are over, and it's officially all summertime and baseball only. Well, you need to start paying attention to 
current events. A guy, a, a guy named Doug Hughes had a gyrocopter, which I don't really know what that means or what it is. Like a gyro uh, it, sandwich? Similar, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, and, and he was going, he was at the Capitol, and then it eventually fell from the sky. It's kind of like this old little man, homemade helicopter device that he can ride in. Uh, dude probably would have been shot if he had made it any further. Uh, but anyways, just while we were talking about the White House, that kind of came to me because I've been reading all about that sort of situation and how it all went down. But a gyrocopter, Trevor. I'm surprised. It's like a, it's like, it's like a homemade flying device. Kind of cool, actually. Like, I mean, not cool. So he's like, 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 like a real life rocket man type thing. <clears throat> yeah, it is. He's 61 years old, too. <laughs> And I, he's 61 riding a gyrocopter. I'm, I'm 35 trying to figure out what Snapchat is. Yeah, he might have been – I mean, you've got to be probably high to, to do that sort of thing. So maybe he was just celebrating. He, well, I think he did this on Saturday or Sunday, but uh, maybe he maybe he was just celebrating a little early. Speaking of celebrating a little early, and I tweeted this last night. I'm sure nobody knew about it. Aaron Rodgers, who's one of my, one of my favorite athletes in the world uh, – and, you know, it, I'm not that I'm like some famous person or interview all these big shots, but I think I'd probably get like a little nervous air, interviewing Aaron Rodgers, and he'd probably be the only person out there. Really? What, the about, what about Brett Favre? No, I just feel like I could crack a beer with Brett Favre and all my nerves would go away. I say that. I probably wouldn't, but I feel like he'd be – and he's not a – you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe Brett Favre too. But – I, th- I thought Aaron Rodgers last night also might have been celebrating a little early. He tweeted this, Trevor. It's funny that pirates were always going around searching for treasure, dot, dot, dot. And then his next tweet said, and they never realized that the real treasure was the fond memories they were creating. I don't, I don't get it. He was just saying that the, the treasure was their time spent together. Just out of nowhere. Maybe it was in a fortune cookie. Oh no, I I don't know. That's that was a weird thing for him to I, weird thing for him to tweet. At, and I guess that was seventeen hours ago, so uh, it was around. It was almost around midnight. So it was close to four twenty, is what you're saying. He was just a little ahead of schedule. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the only reason you could possibly tweet something out like that. Hey, uh, for, for to people who. Uh, People who I use on a regular basis look at 420 maybe almost negatively. Kind of like religious people get mad when only people show up for Easter for church on Easter Day. We don't, we 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 know, we know our true people. We don't need you to. We don't need the bandwagoners just for one day. <laughs> uh, Unless you're willing to share with us, then we'll accept you into the circle. That's I'm trying to think of. And I, I, I listeners, you have to promise me that I that that I am not one to. To, to partake in that sort of thing. But and now Marshall Henderson's trending on Twitter right around 420 and White House and Tim Tebow. Well, Marshall Henderson's trending for another reason. I'll, I'll explain uh, that in a second. I'm trying to think of what stories I could explain with some of my college experiences, not involving me, but I'll probably just leave them all to the to the wayside. So you don't know why Marshall Henderson is is trending? No, I do not. Uh, fill me in. I, just, I can click on his name, I guess, and probably see it. But so This is something that Marshall Henderson's been – waiting for two years to do. And this was when he was suspended by Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss, probably should have been kicked off the team. Uh, and 
Gary Parrish. So this was the tweets that everybody's looking at. This was two years ago. Uh, Marshall Henderson suspended is related. Suspension is related to a failed drug test. A source told CBS Sports. And Aaron Andrews said, "Is he mocking anyone now?" Because that was kind of in the heat of Marshall Henderson being kind of a jerk on the court, doing this and that. Uh, he did that little science experiment project. That might have been a year after. Uh, or that's you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, with the with the Michael Sam stuff. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I remember where he claims it was a science experiment, but we probably all know it was just him coming off like uh, an idiot on Twitter. That 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 might have that might have been the following year, but anyways, that was after their their SEC tournament run, and he became a very loud figure in college basketball. And anyways, so Aaron Andrews says, "Is he mocking anyone now?" Marshall Henderson tweeted her back that very day, and then he didn't tweet anybody for a while after that. He said, I'm going to save that, and you will be the first person I'll mock in regards to Aaron Andrews' tweet. So now, Aaron Andrews' boyfriend and Kings forward Jarrett Stoll was arrested for drug possession. Uh, I think it was cocaine is what I read. So Marshall Henderson today, Trevor, tweeted Aaron Andrews and said, LOL, what's up with your boyfriend? They say potheads have short-term memory. So he he finally got his revenge nearly two years in the making. The thing I would remind Marshall Henderson is you're still Marshall Henderson. (laughs) Well, yeah. So at the end of the day, the joke's still on you. Even if you got her, even if you got her with a zing, and you're making fun of somebody for getting arrested for drug possession, which I guess you can probably do, although he wanted people to not make fun of him because he had a problem that he seeked helpful, that he that he wanted help. Now he's playing basketball all over Europe in the Middle East. Joke's still on you, Marshall, but it, it was kind of clever. Somebody needs to remind Aaron Andrews, you live in glass houses, you didn't throw stones. That's true, too. Should we uh, keep talking about the Brick McHenry stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't very happy on Twitter with her suspension. I wasn't unhappy. With, I would have maybe gone more than a week. I don't agree with her being losing her job, but uh, I know you were very unhappy with the suspension handed out, which was just a week, which was pretty low for possible backlash of what had happened. That's. I, I thought the week suspension was... Not fair, but I still think she's going to have a really hard time. It might just be a week suspension where she's not going to be allowed to tweet or this and that. But it's uh, it's going to be really hard for her to, her to have to work for ESPN without the distractions. Because now, anytime she's on air, you know that's going to be what people are talking about, or at least thinking about. People tweeting people about. move on and forget things. I mean, how many people still talk about Marv Albert buying a Lady of the Night and then biting her neck while wearing lingerie? I do. I just brought it up, so I guess I do too. <laughs> but yeah, it comes up on a regular. Hey, TJ, there's not Saturday night doesn't pass by. That topic doesn't come up at your house, right? Exactly. So, uh, Trevor. So <laughs> it's going to be really hard for her to be able to ever move this completely behind her. There might be a point where it's not discussed all the time, but now people are going to see a blonde on TV named Britt McHenry and go, "Oh, isn't that the jerk?" A, a few things that have kind of. Uh, that have followed since we talked about this last. 
one, I do think it needs to be noted, the edited part of the video. And I'm sure the, the, the tow lady didn't say a lot of nice things. Uh, but still, you should, you should, if you're in her position, Britt McHenry's position, knowing that you're being filmed, you need to take the high road. Hopefully you take the high road anyways. You need to do it regardless, especially when you're on film. But I thought it was kind of cool of the tow co company to release a statement saying that it wasn't that big of a deal. That kind of made me happy. Makes them look kind of like a better in the limelight in terms of publicity as well, too. It's kind of it wasn't like they were just saying they were trying to be the good guy and it's saying, okay, hey, yeah, we know we've had you know she did, don't get so mad at her. You know we're the good guys here. Lay off her because she was the the evil b you know b word. And uh, we'll be the higher road. Now come give us come give us money and buy our services. Well, I don't think anybody, I, you know, I'm sure they do more. I, they could tow cars, I guess businesses and stuff like that. But it's, you know, not like anybody's ever going to call their own car to get towed. Uh, <laughs> but, but and then a lot of people made a big deal about that company being like, they've got 40 negative reviews on Yelp. <laughs> uh, they've been cited for not doing a good job in their towing company. I've never uh, used Yelp, by the way, in my life. <laughs> Who whoever writes a review after their car gets towed and said, "Eh, I was disappointed my car got towed, but great people to work with." Very very pleasant. They didn't scratch it very much. <laughs> Nobody ever does that. They gave me a lift to where I had to pay to get it out. It's, it's yeah. So uh, it's we're not going to talk about it much anymore on the show. But I still stand by what I said about her. She seems like a terrible person. I would have she given her more is. of a suspension only because she's a sideline reporter where there's no sideline sports occurring right now. You could give her a longer suspension that's irrelevant because there's nothing for her to do at the moment anyway. It's summertime. It's true. And, and, you know, another thing about ESPN is that you have Bill Simmons who gets suspended for what uh, a week for what did he do to get that suspension for a week? He talked trash about the NFL commissioner. You don't do exactly. that. You don't do that in the ESPN. If they can, if the NFL can make them take playmakers off the air after one season and a great show in one season, then you do. There's one thing you don't mess with, and that's the NFL. And when it comes to ESPN's eyes, you you be nice to them. They're the uncle with all the money that you're hoping he'll leave you when he dies. Yeah, but it's still stupid. It's still stupid that that could be a weak suspension, and then you could have one of your employees just be the biggest jerk in the history of jerks, and you give her an equally long suspension. Didn't I say I agree yeah. with it, but I'm just telling you how it is. Yeah, I understand it. We're going to have the commercial break here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Let me ask you something. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. 
back to the sports buzz. Uh, Monday that's now a bit sunnier. Trevor, I don't really hate Mondays. That's <laughs> uh, a little 80s tune there for you by uh, by a man who's most famously known as playing the main role in Pink Floyd's The Wall of the Movie. Uh, I want people to know that the music Trevor plays uh, <laughs> is not an endorsement of my thoughts or opinions. Or that of Alan Electric. No, or that. Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, I do. I do, in fact, not hate Mondays. When you have my sort of job where you work from home, Trevor, Mondays are basically the same as any other day. I don't, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't even realize sometimes it all ends in Y to me still now. Uh, it, it just, it, it, I, if I have to go to work on a weekend, the only difference is, is during football season when I know it's a Sunday. Other than that, it's irrelevant what day it is to me, too. Well, I, I guess the only down thing about a Monday is that my friends that have real jobs, or not that my job is not real, but real jobs, uh, eight to five sort of jobs. Like, that I, like I, Yates left us for? I, I generally won't get to hang out with them until, you know, for four or five days. But that's that's the only downside about Monday. Uh, we had Will Tridel text into the show, says that he thinks there's some irony in Britt McHenry calling the lady ugly and fat and this and that when she didn't look very pretty without makeup or all dressed up. And that, that's that's true. She didn't look very good in that video, Trevor. No, she didn't. She uh, she looked like she was hungover, like she'd been out. Well, was she a, was out. It was a she long night that's out. Why, well, that's why her car got towed. Good point. Is that she? They went somewhere to eat and get some drinks, and she left her car at that place and went out for a night on the town, and the car was towed come the morning. So she had come just from that to get her she did not look good you're right well, she didn't look her best but i still wouldn't have kicked her out of bed unless she wanted to sleep on the floor yeah for you beggars can't be choosers <laughs> damn right uh so there was some some irony in that i think you can even hear the attendant make fun of her roots or something and that's you know we'd need hannah to weigh in on that to know what kind of talk that is what kind of insult that is for girls but so the attendant was saying some stuff it still is no excuse none at all so we'll we'll put the Brett McHenry stuff to bed for now. Uh, you know, unless somebody else wants to talk about it, then maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's have a a, a short. We're, we we got to go to break here in a second. A short little Louisville City FC update. Uh, two games over since the last time we talked. They played at home against the Rochester Rhinos, Trevor, and then they went up the Ohio River to Pittsburgh and took on the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So you're getting some of your nicknames, Trevor. Riverhounds and Rhinos. I like the Riverhounds. I still, unlike, just like you, I don't know what Rhinos in Rochester have to do, unless maybe that was the, the first place they ever had a rhino at a zoo was in Rochester, New York. I don't know, maybe. I'm sure they run rampant up there in the northern upstate New York area. Maybe maybe they, they're they they're easy to find. But, I, yeah, I do want more nicknames. And I do like Pittsburgh. The Riverhounds, that, that makes sense. Three Rivers. It's obviously That one is, is a good one. I give props to Pittsburgh on that one. What would you want Louisville's to be? Well, we—I've already told you I want to go. And, and today, being four twenty is even better of a perfect combination of calling them the Purple Haze with their color scheme. Uh, outside of that, I don't know. I mean, it could be—you could go with a river connection as well. I mean, the the river bats were at one, you know, they, until they went just bats, but they weren't where the river bats. Uh I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Maybe bourbon related. 
the, the whiskeys, the whiskey rollers, maybe something along that line. I, I think you could have just, I, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me if they have a nickname or not, uh, but they, they, they tied two games this weekend. The, the one on Thursday, which I was at and just a great time. And I mean, if you're a fan of beer and sports, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, and, and it was fantastic weather. That one, they got up one nothing, and Rochester Rhinos are first place in the East, Trevor. And they got up one nothing on that game and then allowed a late goal, so you kind of felt like coming away with a tie was not good news. On Sunday, they were playing Pittsburgh. Uh, they were down one nothing at halftime. They were down one nothing the entire game. They get into stoppage time. I actually had turned it off, and they scored late in stoppage time to tie it. So that one, you felt like they stole – so it all kind of worked itself so out. So now they zero zero and three, is that correct? Or did they, they won their first game on? They were one zero and three. One zero and, and that's, three. That's good enough for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the, this league goes on till September, so plenty of time. How many teams are in the Eastern Conference? There are let's see, four, eight, I think thirteen or fourteen. Wow, so how many teams are in this entire league? That's a lot of teams for a league of this. You know, level in terms 20. of well, there's a Western Conference, so there's about yeah. 26, 28. It's a lot of teams for a lower, uh, a, a much lower level professional league of any kind of sport. They are one of what five teams that haven't lost a game. Nice. So, there you go. That's impressive. And their okay, only so win, that, by the way, was when you were there, right? Is that correct? On on the mic, when that their win. The only win time? is when I was on the mic. Don't yeah. look now. I'm. I'm not saying, but I'm saying, okay, we need to have that was a that was the Louisville City FC soccer update. We'll come back. We're we we gotta get Louisville. a sponsor for that, by the way. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we will come back. We'll talk some UK basketball recruiting. We talked a little bit about what happened over the weekend and who they missed out on and uh, why it was kind of surprising in some senses. Now we'll talk about who's left and, and what you can expect there. Uh, Trevor, I probably we could talk a little bit about Louisville spring game. I was there Friday night. Uh, there were not 23,000 people there, like Louisville said, a bunch of liars. But we will talk maybe a little bit about that. Some Prove it. Stats. Well, I've got pictures. Uh, so stick around here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be back. I spoke two joints at night. I spoke two joints in the afternoon. It makes me feel all right. I spoke two joints in time of peace and two in time of war. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I could come back later, Mr. Harkin. Oh, no, no, no. It's just uh, parent stuff. It, it seems that our youngest, Chris, was on something called acid and was firing a bow and arrow into a crowd. Mm. You know how kids are. Presented by Allen Electric. We're back. 1450 The Sports Buzz. Let's waste no time. Clebby116 is calling in, and I'm sure he doesn't have uh, a lot of nice things to say to me because I, I ripped his boy Marshall Henderson. Also, the fact that I went to Louisville spring game makes him really upset. Clebby116, how are you? Good. First off, I want to say I had to get some new electrical wiring for a new light fixture I had to get put in my house this weekend, and Allen Electric did a phenomenal job putting that in. 
Well, they always do. They, they, they're the best in the business, and I'm happy to have them as a sponsor of the Sports Stalker. They truly are. But I wanted to get straight to the point. How did Reese Phillips look? How's he healing? Was he able to throw any footballs on the sideline during spring practice? Reese Phillips has not been uh, – he's still recovering, but he hasn't been throwing footballs. At all. He's not still working on his laser zip arm of his. Uh, he 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 could, he could be maybe, but he's not out there practicing at all, but in any capacity with the rest of the team. Will he be ready to go at all this fall? Uh, he, by the season, I think it's the plan, but it, it not. I think the last I heard, Clayby one sixteen was he. It was looking like summer, midsummer, when he was going to rejoin team activities. All right, because he by far throws the best balls. I just want him to know if he's listening. He has some fans out here in Big Blue Nation. And you, so you, you like Reese Phillips over Patrick Tolles and Drew Barker? Yes, I'd take a 50% Reese Phillips over both of them. Why, why would you do that? Because he throws the prettiest balls I've ever seen any quarterback throw in anywhere. Uh, I, do you just like him because he's got the best hair on the team? He does have great hair, but he does throw a pretty ball. I just said that as a wide receiver watching him throw balls, he throws them perfect, just how a receiver wants to catch them. You were a wide receiver. What was your stat line at St. X? I had about two receptions for 15 yards, maybe, <laughs> give or take five yards on each end. All right. Thanks, Glady116, for the call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. <laughs> you too. Uh, and that's the, the famous Glady116 who used to – Texans of the show all the time, and then he got a new job, so I guess maybe they cracked down on, on phone usage. How do you have about uh, two receptions? There's not really too many. When you're that low of a number, you can't use about. It, oh, there, it wasn't about. It was two receptions. We've talked about it. He knows exactly what it was. And let's give Clay a little credit. According to his Twitter account 13 minutes ago, he ripped a hole in his new favorite dress shirt, so he, he's under distress today. I did not see that. That's a bummer. Uh, that that I'm just now seeing it. That is a bummer. He doesn't like Mondays, so that's those songs that you've been playing today would apply to him. That's right. He needs to he needs to he needs to understand the songs that hate Mondays. He, he agrees with those, and then he needs to go to the outro songs to feel better. That was a uh, and you you that was a great plug for Allen Electric. Just great. That was fantastic. Allen Electric. They do the the best electrical services in Louisville. Uh, and I really am happy to have them on board with the sports talker. Uh, but they do phenomenal work. But I am finding out, and they make being a homeowner easier. Easier, but Trevor, I'm still finding out that this homeowner business is really, really hard. No landlord to call when the, uh, there's something going wrong? Well, there is, I, you know, no, no, no landlord to call. But I guess I, I, I am making plenty of phone calls to different companies and businesses doing this and that. And I, the, the, the hardest part is just having to be the one that pays for it all. So I got a, I, I, I'll, I'll tell this story briefly. Got a new toilet installed upstairs. How many bathrooms do you have? Two. Okay. And, uh, getting a new toilet installed upstairs. And he asked me, is there anything else you want me to look at? Anything else that's wrong? I tell him, uh, the, the downstairs shower, the, it doesn't. It drains, but it drains very slowly. Uh, you, you take a five or ten minute shower, and you've got your feet and ankles covered in water, uh, but it eventually all drains. So he says, "Okay, I'll take a look at it." He spends about ten minutes doing whatever he's doing. I'm on the computer, and 
he comes back and he says that he found he found this little piece of concrete in there and that he thinks that somebody was probably just dumping waste in here uh, over the years. It's finally started to build up. Uh, it's maybe may a job too big for him. He might have helped it a little bit. Uh, this and that, I might have to call somebody else. And then he asked me before he's leaving, he says, but this water in here that's in the tub, you, you say that it's been draining. I say, yeah, it, it drains. It's just really slow. Well, he did something to make it where it's not draining at all anymore. So he left. You know, he did, It usually takes five minutes to drain. So he left, and it did not drain. hasn't drained at all. Still hasn't drained. So whatever he did, he, he kind of made it worse. Have you thought about just getting like a, 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 a snake tube to poke down through there or maybe some Drano of some kind? Well, it, I would love some Drano, but it's there's still standing water. Have you, there, there's no way I can even get it in there. Ooh, so I'd, I'd have to go back and watch a home improvement episode to help you out <laughs> further than that. It, and then the, the plumbers was saying that if it's as bad as a problem as he thinks it is, they're going to have to tear into the walls and replace the pipes. And I got depressed for a little bit. Something tells me he's probably telling you a lot more that needs to be done that truly needs to be done. Yeah. I don't think it's, I, I don't know. I'm going to get somebody out here that know, knows more about, it. I'm not the most handy person in the world where, when it comes to look, where did you find this guy, by the way, was, did he look shady? Did he have like a, a porno stash? Did he, what, what was, uh, he's a really nice guy. Did you he's a nice guy. And he got the toilet set up in like five to 10 minutes, which, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that wasn't a good thing. Uh, but but did a, did a fantastic job and was was very nice. I just, I, he, I don't know. I guess he probably didn't know that he made my drain even worse. But uh, we'll, we'll need to figure out something to do here. Being a, It's just always being a homeowner. Have you, bought, have, you, have you purchased a lawnmower yet for the summertime? Well, I don't have a garage. There used to be a garage here, but they had to care, They had to tear it down a few years ago because it was rotting. So I don't really even have anywhere to put a lawnmower. Luckily, my, my parents don't live too far away, and they've got everything I could ever want and need. So uh, that, well, that'll be okay. Captain Arctic texts in the show, says, I love Reese Phillips because he's from Signal Mountain, Tennessee. Uh, a lot of UK fans do like Reese Phillips. And, and Trevor, the only reason that I can – and Clay B116, I think, was partially joking – with that call. Uh, but also, he's kind of a goofball, so he might have not been. But I think a lot of people actually do like Reese Phillips or are very intrigued by Reese Phillips because they've never seen him play in a game uh, or uh, get meaningful minutes and on the big stage. Uh, you, you've seen Patrick Tolles do that. You haven't seen Drew Barker do it, but you've also, you know, it's kind of Drew Barker. He hasn't, he hasn't done a lot of anything. So, At least not I, good. I think there's this underdog appeal to, to Reese Phillips where UK fans kind of want him to work out, think that he could work out, uh, but I'm going to trust the coach's judgment that I get to see them in practice every day. And Reese Phillips, I, it, last year's quarterback race, I think he was significantly behind Barker and, and Patrick Tolles. Could be wrong about that. Well, the backup, uh, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town because, like you just described, he's the one – he hasn't shown enough for not to be wanting wanted by the fans in the game, and that's why they're always most popular. Kind of similar with Louisville with Kyle Bowen. You had the little bit of an, you know the taste that was given against Kentucky, and everybody wanted Kyle Bowen. But you know, just you can have a little bit. You can. Some people are born to be backups and hold clipboards. Some are born to be backups that can come in for certain stretches. Doesn't mean they're ready to be starters for an entire season. And, and to that point. 
Reese Phillips actually does need to get healthy, and he does need to get back there. UK cannot go into the SEC play with just two quarterbacks. They can't. you got to have a third one, uh, and so you need him to get healthy as soon as possible. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more UK football as the summer and the spring goes on, and, and maybe even later this week. But was that Louisville spring game? Again, not 23,000 people there. I took a picture of it. It's Could you count if, all the people's heads on the picture? If, though, if, if that amount of people could fill up Rupp Arena, Trevor, then Rupp Arena must be significantly smaller than I thought. <laughs> uh, it was not 23,000, but that's okay. UK lies about attendance, too, in football, and everybody does, and it's, you know, it's whatever. But, uh, so Reggie Bonifant is going to be Louisville's quarterback. Right. Unless Lamar Jackson just comes in as some freak. It could be. Still, there's still there's a lot of options out there. I think I think Bonifon might get the the, the, the nudge from the coaching staff and I'm not a big I'm not still sold on Reggie Bonifon. I I'm kind of on more of the hater side than the, the fan side of thing the optimism side of things when it comes to talking about Reggie Bonifon. But as I've said before in the past, the, the biggest worry I think any Cardinal fan can have going into the season is the offensive line. And if you did not watch last year, and you obviously don't know what I mean, you can't. I can't. Don't know how you don't know what I'm talking about. The opposite line was struggled last year. Going to struggle probably again this year with so many question marks. So with Bonifon being the most mobile quarterback, I can see where he would get the nudge into the starting lineup as because of his mobility to to take away from the fact that a non-mobile quarterback may just be just a sitting duck in some points. And you saw Will Gardner that had that same problem in certain cases last year. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. Louisville's offensive line is going to be one of the biggest question marks. This will be the biggest question mark for that team, without a doubt. But Bonifon just, yeah, he just looked better. And I, I and you know, it, it almost seems like a big debate whether or not amongst Louisville fans whether or not he actually played well against Notre Dame. And uh, you, you know, no no quarterback looked great in the bowl game, and Bonifon sh- certainly struggled against Kentucky. But I think Boland's game against Kentucky is certainly overvalued. He made a lot of mistakes in that game as well that kind of let Kentucky hang around and be in the position that they were. Also, he he made a lot of good plays too. But I I think just kind of seeing the spring game and the feel of it all, I I think Bonifant will be Louisville's quarterback. And Again, unless Lamar Jackson just learns very quickly. I, I'll, um, tell you, so, I'll tell you this. I don't know what time the Auburn Louisville game kickoff is. Let's say for Bleeps and Giggles, it's 8 p.m. We'll know our starting. Louisville will know the, their, the name of their starting quarterback at 7:45 p.m. Uh, and, you won't, and you won't hear a thing about. I don't think you'll hear a name before that time of who will be the starter. I don't know if that's true. I it, it may be. We have this discussion with Cats Illustrated and, and all that every single season, and every year I say. They need to name it sooner than later, sooner than later. Two years ago, Stoops' first year, they didn't name it up until game time uh, and, and played two quarterbacks in that game. Last year, they, they did it sooner, but there's still a, a big chunk of the season where they didn't name it. And I get that you don't want to be wrong, but coaches are leaning one way. I, I guarantee Petrino right now is leaning one way. No, I, I think the coaches know who they're going to start, but they're just not going to let you know until said time. And, 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 you know, if you – if okay, if you do that, that's fine. But I think you need to let your players know. And Kentucky was not letting their players know. They they were really splitting reps down to the bone. This year, they could do the same thing again. And I'll, I'll stand by this this year. You need to get some chemistry 
uh, as soon as possible with who your actual starting quarterback is in your first offensive unit. They need to be comfortable with one another. You can't have your receivers, your offensive line, your running back wondering who it is up until game time. I just think that's really a dumb thing to do, and not not literally game time, but up until a week of the game even. And so you get a whole summer to kind of start to mold stuff in. I think it's important to be able to do that. I've always said that, and you know, I don't want to say it's a coincidence, but UK's quarterback play over the past few years while they've been doing this hasn't been phenomenal. But I, I think Patrick Toll should should take a step in the right direction. Captain Arctic says if if, Re, if Reggie Bonifon does not get hurt, UK wins that game. He was beyond a mess that day. He was out of sorts for for whatever reason, Trevor. Maybe it was the rivalry of it all. Maybe it was uh, the environment that 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 game brings. Uh, I think Kentucky got some early hits on him. Maybe that had something to do with it. There was in Kentucky's defense last year was not good, especially the secondary. But there was something about that game for Bonifon that he was without a doubt out of sorts to start. Consistency was definitely a problem, especially with Reggie last year. But I mean, and I don't want to use it as an excuse, but it's one that supposedly more than ninety percent of the supporters of Bonifon being the starting quarterback are going to tell you is he's only been a quarterback for what a year and a half now. It was his first year, so he's only one time full year, full one year starter at Torrent Trinity, so it's all still new to him and blah blah blah. Yeah, I guess that can leak into the reasoning, but it still comes off as excuses to me. He showed flashes last year, but. I'm still not convinced. I still feel like he, before his career is over, and now I'm sounding dumber and dumber as I say this, but I still think he will be a, another position before his career is over with. And maybe that's looking less and less correct now as it did a year ago, but I still, I still can't shake that feeling of it being correct. Well, they're, Louisville's going to lose some some quarterbacks, whether that's Gardner, you know, whoever it is. It, it'd probably be after this season or maybe during the season. Once they figure it out, I really like Lamar Jackson, what I've seen from him for Louisville. Uh, but, but we'll see. Well, it's it's interesting. I, I really don't feel that any, Bobby Petrino loves any of them. And I think it really bugs him that he doesn't have a quarterback that he feels really comfortable on because we know, you know, we know Bobby Petrino's offense. And when he is kind of feeling himself and, you know, he kind of gets that. One of the biggest question marks by a lot of Louisville fans is Kenny. Bobby Trino's never had a track record with mobile quarterbacks. And I know, to my knowledge, Stephon LaFleur, who was somebody he didn't recruit, was a you know John L. Smith recruit along with Dave Vergon, who are very similar style quarterbacks. He inherited that quarterback and used him. So he has had a mobile quarterback. But forget, though, when he left Louisville, he left Louisville with the impression of thinking he was going to have Michael Vick in Atlanta. He, didn't, he wasn't going to the Falcons thinking he was going to get Chris Redmond halfway through the season as a starting quarterback from selling insurance. He thought he was – he knew – he was leaving the job for a mobile quarterback. So clearly he has no problems wanting to use a mobile quarterback, even though his track record doesn't exactly ooze the fact that he's used them in the past. Yeah, and that's that'll be another interesting thing to watch, but he he, he keeps getting mobile quarterbacks. Uh, so we'll see how it all works out for Louisville. With Kentucky, not there's trust me, there's plenty of question marks. Uh, but it almost kind of feels like you you know what you're getting from UK. I'd say probably the biggest question mark is what they can get from – well, this certainly probably isn't the biggest question mark, but it's certainly one of them. I'd say the quarterback position is still and will always be the biggest question mark. But what can you get from the tight end position with C.J. Conrad? If Greg Hart gets cleared by the NCAA, can you have a formidable 
formidable receiving options and blocking options from that position. Uh, also, you you, you got Daryl Long. I it's I, it seems like I've written this story several times, and my boss Brett Dawson just wrote it the other day. Where Trevor, you compare UK's tight ends since 2007. You add up their stats. You add up their best years, their uh, worst years, the best tight ends that UK's had since then, and then you just dwarf all those numbers in comparison to Jacob Tammy's time at UK, uh, especially his 2007 season. That that story has been written so many times. But here's the thing, Trevor. It's going to be key, it's going to be written every year until another tight end steps up for Kentucky. I can't. I'm, I try, think, I'm trying to rake my brain of even before Jacob Tammy tight ends at, at Kentucky. No, I'm not. I'm not going to. I don't know if I could either. And that was, you know, sadly, the first thing that comes to my mind, he wasn't even that good, was Bobby Blizzard. I don't know why that name just suddenly pops in my head as the former tight end at Kentucky. Not only think he barely played at Kentucky before he transferred, I think, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, there really haven't been a lot of a lot of good tight ends for for UK, but especially since Jacob Tammy. I mean, it's been exceptionally bad, and it really takes a big part of your offense out, especially an offense over that time, and certainly since Stoops took over, where you're running an air raid, where you need as many options down the field as you can get, and certainly when you can, in the right situations, use a tight end to exploit some mismatch problems. Kentucky doesn't have that. Now, I think C.J. Conrad could be that guy. Now, can he be that guy this year? That's probably asking a lot from him. But I think he could be. He's got everything that you want and also has the skill set that you saw in high school to think that it could could carry over. 6'5", 245 pounds. That's a big option. He loves to catch. He's, he's got good hands. I think he'd be the guy. And you can't you can't directly associate not having a tight end, Trevor, with UK's offensive problems the last few years. But it, it certainly is a big factor in that. You can't say if UK has a good tight end, the offense is going to be good because it's not that simple. But it certainly doesn't help. Jacob, makes, t- makes, Jacob Tammy wasn't your typical two-way tight end. He was more the finesse tight end anyway. I mean, he was more of kind of a big receiver playing tight end. Yeah, he was, and he opened up so much for that offense, certainly down the middle of the field. Uh, it made things a lot easier for Keenan Burton and, and Stevie Johnson and even for the run game with defenses having to worry about that middle of the field and Jacob Tammy, a guy that uh, could catch really anything thrown his way. Uh, that was a, a really fun U.K. football team. I think U.K. fans, that's kind of been the benchmark for having fun watching a U.K. season, and it just hasn't happened. And for UK fans, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's going to be the 2015 season, Trevor. It's not going to be long before that's been 10 years. Was that 2005? Was that was the year that we're referring to? Uh, 2007 was was the big year for UK's offense with Woodson and Burden and Johnson and Tammy, obviously. But it seems like it's been it's been a really long time. Uh, we've got. <clears throat> Trevor, this is uh, exciting. My brother, who's been on the show before, back in the early days as a sports talker, he's driving down to Texas with his fiance to to start a new job down there and, and live in Dallas, moving from Louisville. They're on the way right now, and they're listening. So hope you all are enjoying your ride. Thanks a lot for, for leaving us all, and, and we hate you. Will he be a Cowboys and Mavericks fan now? I've asked him. He said no. He said he'd like the Mavs because Rajon Rondo's there, but – 
Uh, he's not going to be a Cowboys fan. He doesn't really have an NFL team. He ain't going to be at the Mavericks for long either, by the way. Yeah, I know. So uh, I, I told him this would be a good time to start adopting some pro teams. I think the NFL schedule comes out tomorrow or tonight, Trevor. Uh, tomorrow night. If uh, if Green Bay's playing down in Dallas, which I think they are going to play each other, I just don't know where. If they're playing down in Dallas, I've got a place to stay. Uh, I'll use that as my excuse to go visit them, which would be a good which would be a good time. You've been to a Packers game before? I, I don't know if I've, oh, I've been. To, I've been to a lot of Packers okay. games before, but I've never been to Lambeau, which is kind of embarrassing to tell people. Well, don't worry about that. I've been. I've seen the Eagles play five times with five different quarterbacks, and never once inside Philadelphia. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've seen Green Bay and Chicago, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, uh, Chicago several times, Cincinnati as many times as they've probably played there in my lifetime, which only seems like two or three. Twice for me in Cincinnati, yeah. So I, I, I see them when they're close, just haven't made the pilgrimage up to Lambeau Field just yet. Uh, some people texted me wanted me to talk a little bit more about UK – Basketball recruiting, we might have to spend tomorrow's show talking more about that. But here's who's left. You know, options Jason A and option B are gone, TJ. We were up to C now. Who's option C? That's what I'm asking you. Option A, Zimmerman's now gone. Option B, Thorne is no longer available. So now we're down to option C oh, and on. I don't know if that was really the order of priorities, but uh, it certainly seemed like Kentucky led for both those guys. I don't know if they actually ever led for Thorne, but for, for me, for Thorne, the writing was on the wall. Whereas, like, oh, look at this. You've got a big guy, and you've got a school that does really well with big guys and a lot of playing time. Of course, he's going to strongly consider Kentucky. Zimmerman, people, very, very close people to his recruitment told me he was going to go there at one point, and that's okay. Things change in recruitment. So now they've got Jalen Brown left, Czech Diallo, Brandon Ingram, Malik Newman, Thon Maker, and then Michael Mulder, the JUCO guy. Uh, he's going to be Mulder will be visiting Kentucky this weekend. Kentucky has offered. I'd expect a commitment, Trevor, this weekend, assuming that the offer still stands and UK for some reason doesn't do anything weird. I would expect that to be the case. Would expect a commitment from him. Uh, what what's going on with Jalen Brown? Who knows? Check Diallo. I think it's going to come down to Kansas, Kentucky, and St. John's. UK met with him last night. Heard the visit went very well, so that's good news for UK. Brandon Ingram going to come down to UNC Duke in Kentucky there. Uh, I think he might be the most important player for Kentucky to get. Thon Maker, you need to put him on the shelf because we're not going to know anything about him for months. He hasn't even reclassified officially, has he? Not officially, and it okay. looks like that's going to be later and later. And then Malik Newman probably down to UK, Mississippi State, and Kansas with Mississippi State seemingly having the lead. Uh, it's going to be a crazy next but, but few Chuck weeks. But Chuck Delalo, if I'm pronouncing his name right, and I don't think I am, uh, he's the only big guy amongst the group you just mentioned, and that's the position where Kentucky is looking at most, I think, at a butt of their body, is it not? Brandon Ingram is 6'8", but he's more of like a Tayshaun Prince wing player. Jalen Brown, 6'7", and a bruiser, so you know he's not a big guy. Thon Maker is a big guy, but again, you're not going to hear anything about him anytime soon. He so wants you're to right. play on the perimeter anyway. Exactly. Check Diallo is the last true big guy that they're really going after. We're out of time. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Clevy116 for calling in. Uh, that was a that was a good time. We'll be back tomorrow. 1450 the sports buzz. Enjoy the rest of your day. 
too. Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you sing. High time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swim.